2: If we ain't all free, ain't none of us free.
3: You're listening to Alabama's only union talk radio show, The Valley Labor Report, with Adam Keller and Jacob Morrison.
2: Hello,
0: Tennessee Valley. This is The Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co-host and fellow agitator, Adam Keller, and we are broadcasting live Online and on the radio from the heart of the Tennessee Valley, the Spice Radio Studio in Huntsville, Alabama. Today, Alabama funny man Rivers Langley drops in to, uh, to make us laugh and to talk about his Alabama tour. Alabama is being sued for slavery. We talk about education here and the state, all that and more on today's program. If you want to be part of the show today, we've got a phone number. We're not going to be taking calls, but you can send us a text message at 844-899-TVLR. That is 844-899-8857. You can also leave us a voicemail or send us a text throughout the week and we might respond on the next show. If you haven't gotten enough of us by the time that we wrap up here on the radio or if you just want to see what we're up to throughout the week, you can find us anywhere you find anything online, all at the Valley Labor Report. We're on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, all at the Valley Labor Report. Just a reminder, your support helps us stay on the air our largest single source of funding comes directly from our listeners. So if you want to make a one-time donation or set up a recurring monthly contribution, you can go to tvlr.fm donate. And if you are in the Christmas giving spirit, you can donate to our new fundraiser to help us pay for our postage in the new year. We're going to be uh, doing some more outreach, uh, in the new year and, uh, using snail mail. And that costs money, especially after Trump appointee Louis Louis is it Louis or Lewis? I don't know. DeJoy's postage, um, price increases. You can thank Trump for that folks. Uh, so yeah, tvlr.fm slash donate. You can also buy our merch, tvlr.fm slash store, or become a patron at patreon.com slash thevalleylaborreport. And if you're a member of a union, then please do think about getting your locals to sponsor the show. We get a lot of support from individual donors, but it would not be possible without our union partners.
1: That's right. And let me add a disclaimer that any viewpoints or opinions expressed in this program belong solely to their author and do not necessarily represent any organization or sponsor. We welcome all of our listeners, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, Unclaimed Mysteries Internet Radio, WVNN, WZZA, WHIV, or through your favorite podcast app. We are proud to be part of the Labor Radio Podcast Network and encourage our listeners to check that out as most of you know we are not media professionals just a few diehard union brothers who believe that alabama and the south's labor movement and working class deserve a bigger platform we're hoping this project can make a difference on that front and we could not do it without you we want to thank everyone for tuning in whether you're a loyal fan or a first-time listener we appreciate you spending some time with us this morning
0: absolutely absolutely um so we are uh We have a segment that we do every week, Last Week in Southern Labor, uh, where we talk about what workers were up to in the last week in the South. And today is going to be the final installment of Last Week in Southern Labor for the year 2023, uh, because on the 23rd and the 30th, we will be on hiatus. Uh, those two shows will be pre-tapes and best-ofs, so, uh, so no, more, um, no more last week in Southern Labor through the end of the year, and we will do a big last three weeks in Southern Labor when we return on January the 6th. Uh, but without further ado, here is what workers in the U.S. South and the American colonies were up to in the week ending on December the 15th. In new campaigns, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, IBEW, Local 1933, filed a petition for a union election to add four workers at Lee County Electric Cooperative in Fort Myers, Florida, to the bargaining unit that they already represent. The employer filed for a union election after a majority of two different units of unrepresented workers at UPS in Louisville and Campbellsville, Kentucky, showed support for unionization with the general drivers, warehousemen, and helpers, the Teamsters, Local 89. The first unit was of three part-time hub associates, and the second was six part-time package center specialists, and... Teamsters Local 89 was not done last week because after that, 61 workers at UPS in Louisville, Kentucky, Kentucky also filed for a union election with the same local. That Teamsters Local's really been on a tear this year, organizing several new units of UPS workers after they got their contracts. So, uh, very cool to see that. 50 security guards at Akima in Donna, Texas, filed for a union election with the United Government Security Officers of America, Local 385. Four workers at Red Label in Stillwater, Oklahoma, filed for a union election with the United Food and Commercial Workers, UFCW, Local 1000. The employer filed for a union election after a majority of the 84 workers at Glancy Surface Mining in Wharton, West Virginia, showed support for unionization with the United Mine Workers of America, UMWA, Local 1503. 46 workers at Ozark Automotive Distributors doing business as O'Reilly Auto Parts in Forest Park, Georgia, filed for a union election with the Teamsters, Local 728, and uh, workers likely led or pushed by their employer filed for a, filed a petition to decertify the United Steelworkers, US, uh, USW Local 13227, as the union representing the 70 workers at Ogefell Terminals in Seabrook, Texas. Uh, We had a campaign update last week, um, this on a union election at Ascension Hospital in Austin, Texas. This unit of 200 nurses filed for a union election after over 70% of them requested voluntary recognition, but the hospital wouldn't grant it because they are, quote, temporary workers and thus not eligible for unionization, according to the hospital. They took this case so far as to have a hearing where the NLRB last week said, that's dumb, They're eligible, and they're having an election. That election is scheduled for January the 3rd. National Nurses United wanted to include them in the original unit that had an election there in 2022, but the hospital has had this argument about their ineligibility since then. And rather than wait to get this resolved, uh, the union thought it'd be best to go ahead and have an election over the undisputed bargaining unit first. So we're looking forward to seeing their contract when they get it. Had a few election results. Not a great week in election results, unfortunately. 17 security guards at Garda CL East in North Charleston, South Carolina, voted against unionization, 6 to 10, with the Security, Police, and Fire Professionals of America, SPFPA. 35 workers at ITT Engineered Valves in Amory, Mississippi, voted against unionization, 5 to 38 with the USW. 22 workers at Keurig Dr. Pepper in Knoxville, Tennessee voted in a tie 11-11 in their union election with the Teamsters Local 519. Ties means that the union loses the election. The petition to decertify the amalgamated transit union ATU locals 714 and 1493 as the union representing 12 workers at RATP Dev USA in Greensboro, North Carolina, was withdrawn, meaning that the ATU will remain. 30 workers at Run for Something in Washington, D.C. withdrew their petition for a union election with Workers United. Hopefully, this is because they received voluntary recognition. This is something that has happened to quite a few nonprofits lately. 14 workers at Frame Workers Institute withdrew their petition for a union election with the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, IUPAT, Local 1937. The petition to decertify the Teamsters, Local 89, as the union representing 36 workers at Taylor Corec in Campbellsville, Kentucky, was withdrawn, meaning that the Teamsters remain the union there. Uh, 15 security guards at Walden Security in Washington, D.C., withdrew their petition for a union election with the United States Court Security Officers. and finally, a win. 14 workers at L3 Harris Technologies in Greenville, Texas, voted in favor of unionization 13-1 to 1 with United Automobile, Aerospace, and Agricultural Implement Workers of America, UAW Local 967. I had a few strikes and bargaining updates last week where the Teamsters are voting on a strike authorization at Anheuser-Busch. They've been putting on the pressure recently with rallies and public attacks. The current contract expires in February. The Teamsters are taking their strike against DHL in northern Kentucky nationwide, with Teamsters setting up pickets at DHL facilities all over the country, including and adding an additional southern picket in Miami. Dozens rallied for Maximus call center workers to receive better pay and benefits, including Congress folks and the international president of the Communication Workers of America, CWA, Cloud Cummings. Uh, These are uh, the workers that operate the phone lines for Obamacare and Medicare, and yet many of them cannot even afford the services that they offer. A startling 83% of the workers who have dependent children report needing to utilize some form of public assistance. President Cummings was arrested, as were several Maximus workers. Workers at Synergo's Coffee in Louisville, Kentucky, voted to approve a new four-year contract with the company after a six-day strike. The contract including a raise in the minimum starting pay from $8.25 an hour to $10 an hour. In Internal Union Affairs, the Machinists District Lodge 19 is rerunning their election after a Department of Labor investigation found sufficient evidence to warrant a rerun. The new election is being held on May the 3rd, 2024. In policy, politics, and legislation, the National President of the American Federation of Government Employees, AFGE, uh, called the proposed Social Security Fiscal Commission a wolf in sheep's clothing. Tesla is being accused of fraud by the California Department of Motor Vehicles for advertisements claiming some of their cars are, quote, full self-driving, unquote, despite the fact that Tesla admits they are not autonomous and require active driver supervision. Elon Musk says his allegedly fraudulent claims are free speech. The Durham Workers Assembly is holding a rally on Monday night from Durham to Palestine. Money for workers and community needs, not attacks on black and brown folks. They are calling for 25 an hour for city workers and a permanent ceasefire in Gaza. Florida Republicans just voted down an amendment to a Florida bill that would loosen child labor regulations to require all employers of 16 and 17 year olds to maintain record of sexual harassment and give copies to parents. That's going to be it for us, folks. If we missed anything, let us know about your union updates, tvlr.fm slash contact. We're going to be taking a short break. Uh, tvlr.fm slash donate is where you can donate to our uh, postage fundraising campaign. We're going to be right back with Rivers Langley, an Alabama comedian currently residing in L.A. Because, um, I don't know, we're going to ask him why he's doing that. That's insane. Uh, We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Benefit Architects has proudly supported union members and union made products for over 35 years. If you are a federal employee and an AFGE member, you're eligible for hundreds of dollars in money saving benefits, including group life insurance, dental insurance and AFLAC insurance. Additionally, if you're a union member but don't work for the federal government, you can still qualify for several of these money-saving policies. So give Tate Heuer a call at 256-215-6769 for details and to enroll. Again, that is Tate Heuer at
2: 256-215-6769. In Alabama, more than 200,000 of our friends and family members are living without health care coverage. Often folks can't stay healthy enough even to keep their jobs. We can fix this. It's time for us to find a way to close the health care coverage gap so that people can remain at work. Let's make this a priority. Let's close this gap and cover Alabama. To learn more and how you can help, visit CoverAlabama.org.
4: The attorneys at Maples, Tucker and Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker and Jacobs have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maples Tucker and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtnj.com no representation is made that the quality of legal services provided is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms.
3: Support for the Valley Labor Report comes from the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers Union. Learn more by visiting www.ifpte.org.
0: Come build a better future with us today and join IU
2: I'm attorney Tommy Seniard. When you've been injured and need help, you need a lawyer who's with you. Seniard Law. You need attorneys always available to take care of you. Seniard Law. And keep you in the loop. It's your case. You need to know what's happening. Seniard Law. And never a charge to meet with us to evaluate your case. Seniard Law. A new firm, but an old name. One that will stay with you every step of the way. Senior Law, the name with proven results.
3: Support for this program is provided by the International Association for Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local Lodge 44 in Decatur, Alabama. Learn more at IAMAW44.org.
2: Come all you poor workers, good news to you. I'll tell
1: how the good old union has come in here to dwell.
0: Labor creates all wealth. All wealth should go to labor. And you are listening to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison. My co-host is Adam Keller. And we are broadcasting live online and on the radio from the Spice Radio Studio in Huntsville, Alabama. The phone number is eight four four eight nine nine tvlr that is 844-899-8857. You can send us a text message if you would like to contribute to the show. We also have a Facebook and YouTube chat. Uh, thanks to Mel. Good morning in the Facebook chat. I have several folks on YouTube watching. Uh, 25, 30 folks on YouTube and only 9 likes. What is going on over there? Uh, like the stream if you haven't. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't. Infinite Content says good morning, everyone. Under the weather last weekend. Uh, hope you are feeling better. The anti-corporatist. Uh, good morning. Will Pina. Good morning. Teamsters Local 396. 30-year UPS driver veteran. Welcome, Will. Uh, good to see you as always. Adam S. Left is best. Uh, Miss Anonymous. Morning. Uh, D.L. Cindero says, peace, comrades, and fellow workers. Um, yeah, so good to see everybody in the YouTube chat. Oh, Rojava uh Bashur, an IF Metal member from Sweden here. Very excited uh to see you here. Hope you enjoy our interview with Daniel Sweden. Uh that's going to be happening in about an hour and a half at 11:15 our time, 6:15 your time. Um yeah, so looking forward to that. It's going to be a going to be a good conversation. He's going to fill us in on on what's going on over there with Tesla and uh Tesla and the Scandinavian workers.
1: Yeah, definitely looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, and his last name is Sweden. That's,
1: How convenient.
0: That's inc- like Right. My, I'm talking to Daniel Sweden about Sweden. That's bonkers. Hell yeah. That is Looney Tunes. It's like a joke out of uh, Rivers Langley's stand-up routine. Uh, Speaking of Rivers, wow, that was a very smooth transition. Rivers Langley is an Alabama comedian now residing in L.A. Rivers, uh, welcome to the program. It's good to talk
3: to you. Hi, Jacob. How are you doing tonight or this morning or whenever this is going out?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm doing good, doing good. It's good to talk to you. So um, I reached out to you uh, to come on the show because you are doing a little Alabama tour right now, and you're actually going to be in Huntsville on the 22nd right that's that is this friday that's like six days from now
3: yeah so uh the show for anybody who lives in huntsville that might not know huntsville alabama legitimately has one of the best stand-up showcases in america and you can talk to any comedian who's done it and they'll back me up on that it's it's called epic comedy hour and it happens at uh, low mill uh which for people that aren't in alabama basically uh you know, they they kind of took over an old, uh, I think it's the textile mill, mm. and turned it into, it's almost like Etsy come to life. You know, you can buy, <laughs> you can buy, like, socks that have been knitted by somebody, and art, and, you know, it's just this very, very cool space. And this is actually uh, just, just a hair over 10 years uh, since the first time I did the show. I, I did okay. Epic Comedy Hour. In uh, I think March of 2012, right before I moved from LA, oh, moved to LA, and uh, it definitely—it's such a good show that it really instilled too much confidence in my abilities at that point. <laughs> like I had—I'd only been doing stand-up for probably, you know, just a hair over a year, and it went so good. I was like, "Yeah, I'm ready to go to LA. Yeah, let's do this." Yeah, and go. then of course, you know, uh, the rubber meets the road. You're like, "Oh, oh, I'm bad. I got to start over." Okay, <laughs> what time is <laughs> it that start? good? Uh, The show starts at eight o'clock, and it's ten bucks. So you're gonna get uh, a big, big, long show uh, for just ten bucks. Uh, Scott Eason and Tim Kelly, the guys who run the show, are just the you know the best dudes ever. So I, I, uh, you know, it it changes depending on how many people are in town. I think this one, I think there's only four comedians on the uh, on the lineup or whatever, and so uh, you know it's probably not gonna run more than you know 90 minutes i think is usually where most uh, most comedians you know for booking a show if you don't have an intermission you go you want to land the plane at about you want to plan for 80 minutes but land the plane at 90 because that is gotcha. the human capacity for stand up comedy uh yeah. <laughs> people cannot take more than an hour and a half so
0: there you go well that sounds good uh so you you said you know that that this this show is what gave you confidence to 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 go to la and so, uh, what what's going on there? Why would you want to leave uh, God's country for you know the just wicked and sinful and godless heathen society over in L.A.? What's going on with
3: that? Uh, I think at the end of the day, I'm an easily distracted person, uh, and <laughs> I, lo- I lo- you know I'm from Auburn. I was born and raised in the city of Auburn. Went to Auburn High School. Went to Auburn University. I have a lot of great friends here. But it was always a thing of like, I was very comfortable and Mm. I wanted to go somewhere where I couldn't come back for the weekend for a football game. Mm. And, you know, in hindsight, like a lot of comedians from Alabama either would move to like Atlanta, say, and Atlanta's Mm. comedy scene is unbelievable. Um, So in the long run, it might have been just as smart a move to go to Atlanta considering uh, due to uh, loose. you know, uh, labor laws to get on topic. Uh, Georgia has be- kind of become the new Hollywood. Um, right, but right. Uh, so it might've been smarter to go to Atlanta, but uh, I was just kind of thinking it's only an hour and a half, like two hours away. I'll probably mm-hmm. just come back and, you know, get distracted. So it really right. was about just, you know, get, taking myself way, way out of my elements. And okay. luckily I, I got to Los Angeles and literally within a couple of hours, I was like, never leaving. I love it. And I still feel that way. There you go. Well, that's
0: uh, that's good. that That sounds that sounds like a good reason for uh, to me. Uh, L. A. Isn't that where isn't that where Joe Rogan is? Are you gonna go on the Joe Rogan show?
3: No, Rogan left. He he's in Austin now. He uh, oh, famously yeah, right. uh, right. yeah he he went to Austin and he took all of the kind of uh, sycophants uh, wannabes with him. Uh, so it's actually <laughs> I I really do salute Joe Rogan because a lot of bad comedians left L. A. Uh, not enough, <laughs> but some for sure nice <laughs> there you go. all right like so, uh,
0: <laughs> so you've been in alabama now for uh for a little while for a week or so what have you been up to since you've been here in alabama uh
3: you mean besides eating um yeah yeah I, you know i uh i try to eat uh you know good i try to be on my best behavior uh diet wise before i come to alabama specifically so i can just be uh debauched i uh, i went to uh in leesburg alabama there is a a place that i just see on instagram and i was like i have to figure out a way to get here because leesburg is kind of like not super near anywhere but i was like i gotta go and that is there's a barbecue spot in leesburg called tim's walk hard barbecue and i saw on instagram it was very much named after the movie uh walk Hard: the dewey cox story and uh the interview with the owner was hilarious because it seems like he took that movie to be like inspirational rather than funny. He was like, yeah, that guy, he faced so many setbacks. And I was just thinking this is what we have to name the place. Uh, So I did indeed go to walk hard barbecue on my way to a show in Chattanooga a couple days ago and it was awesome. Uh, So, yeah, that was that was my one like got to check it out thing. So now the rest is just uh, the rest is just fun. But uh, no, I went to in Chattanooga, I, I didn't know this, uh, but apparently Chattanooga is where they invented the tow truck. And so they have Hmm. their, the International Towing and Recovery Museum and Hall of Fame. (laughs) And the, you know, the the child in me was interested in the big trucks, but the comedian in me was very much interested in the Hall of Fame, the greatest tow truck drivers of all time, and (laughs) it's this giant hallway and they have all the pictures of all the tow truck drivers from the sixties all the way up through now. And it was just incredible. And it really was an international thing. Shout out to Sweden. Uh, you guys see, you, you, you got one. There's, there's a Swedish guy on the wall. Wow. <laughs> it was a tow truck driver's hall of fame. So, you know, that's, that's kind what of does, what does I, one
0: do to get on the hall of fame.
3: I should have asked And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, uh, I feel bad because I rolled up like 30 minutes before they closed, but I was like, I'm, I just want to run around. I just got to see it, you know? Mm. And uh, so I didn't really have time to uh, grill the owner as much as I uh, <laughs> wanted to. So I'll have to, I'll have to go back and, uh, you know, make some time to do that. But apparently uh, my friend, Justin Ledbetter, who's a great comedian uh, who runs a lot of shows up there in Chattanooga is working on a comedy show at the tow truck hall of fame. And I'm like, I'll fly, I'll fly in for that. <laughs> I'll, I'll make it a point. I that will lose awesome. money on that. Yeah, because you know, if you're doing comedy around a bunch of big, you know, a bunch of tow trucks and then uh yeah, it was kinda sad they didn't have any of the amazing portraits uh of the tow truck drivers on t shirts because that's kind of what I mm. wanted. I wanted to get like a you know, a big shirt with uh, you know, one of the one of the tow guys from the seventies. But at any rate, it was uh it was a great time.
0: Yeah, that seems like something that seems like that would be like part of the culture. That seems seems like an obvious thing. I don't know why they didn't do that.
3: Yeah, missed opportunity, yeah, for
0: definitely. sure.
1: Um, but yeah, tow truck drivers sound like a great job in terms of having funny stories uh, that they would encounter day to day. I just imagine they encounter some some pretty wild stuff.
3: I, I have a, kind of a radio-related uh, tow truck driver story. Uh, my car broke down, I think it was like my uh, senior year in college, and I had a good friend who I worked with at a pizza place, who also did sports talk radio in the afternoon. Uh, his name is Will Moon, still, still a buddy of mine. And, uh, I, you know, I get the cab with the tow truck driver and we're driving and, you know, we're just sitting there in silence and it's kind of awkward. We're just, you know, sort of whatever, didn't say anything. And he turns on the radio and Will is on. And I was just like, oh, I know him. That's, that's my buddy, Will Moon. And this tow truck driver, just not even looking at me. is just like, yep. That's him. (laughs) Will Moon. And then nothing else got said, so I had to go up to Will and be like, "Listen, if a guy with a copy of Catcher in the Rye comes up to you, run."
0: <laughs> yeah, it did not sound like a fan,
3: or maybe no. too much of a fan. <laughs> yeah, he did not like his takes on the Auburn Tigers basketball team circa 2008.
0: Ah, uh, that can uh, that sounds like uh, pretty controversial.
3: Though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone else has an opinion. they politics with somebody
0: than Auburn football.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Yeah. Less, less controversial. Yep, Yeah. Um,
0: so, you know, the, uh, what do you, what, what's the kind of stuff that that you watch on, on, TV? Do you, do you like watch the news or do you just watch like comedies or or what, 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 what kind of stuff do you? Uh,
3: So I'm, I'm such a bad friend because I at this point have probably half a dozen friends, like people I know who have television shows on the air and I've, I've not watched them. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but i'm i don't know yeah i i, I watch uh, as far as just things i stay current with it's basically down to uh i watch anything uh danny mcbride is doing uh anything that guy wants to serve me i will i will gladly take and then professional wrestling and that's that's kind of it as far as like day-to-day like tv uh but then you know if there's any sort of uh you know crime documentary that pops up uh you know murder scams cults all that stuff i'm first click the second i get onto netflix or hulu or whatever it is
1: yeah when you combine the cults with the murders and like the conspiracies that's when you're you're really cooking mm-hmm. with grease like yeah you got something oh. there
3: have you seen the love is one uh one on uh, hbo max
1: no no i i like i've passed through it and it's caught my eye but I haven't checked it out yet.
3: Uh I, you know, I without spoiling anything uh this woman turns herself blue. Uh she takes so much uh colloidal silver that she literally is blue. Uh it's uh it's it's insane. You should absolutely watch that one. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a journey.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's it's wild. <laughs>
0: um so the you you told me that in hollywood um you are a tour guide um yeah yeah it uh and that i'm sure is, is always very you know nothing very you know interesting happens there it's just all totally normal people and uh and everything's above board and all that right
3: Yeah, so I I got into it just because I had a a friend uh, who worked uh, at a tour guide place, my first job in LA uh, and, you know, fingers crossed my last food service job. I worked at a grilled cheese sandwich store um, and uh, my buddy Kevin worked at this tour company next door and would come by and get, uh, you know, he'd come by and get a sandwich and we'd chat. And finally I was like, what do you do exactly? He's like, oh, I I drive uh, rich people around Hollywood and lie to them about where famous people live. And I was like, oh, uh, well, if they're ever hiring, I desperately need to get out of this uh, awful grilled cheese sandwich job. And so I've been doing it since 2014 and absolutely still love it. Uh, the only time the job is bad, cause I can handle, you know, obviously you, you're coming across people that you're like, if I knew this person in day-to-day life, I probably would not get along with them, but they're on vacation, they're on their best behavior. You can also always leverage people's kids against them. If they start like, you know, trying to get like, you know, political in any way, you can just mm. change the subject and just be like, oh, it's a, uh, you know, what are you kids watching on YouTube? And then they just take over <laughs> the conversation. <laughs> so. Uh, well, just I, I,
0: really quickly on the, the tour guides and, and, and tours and politics, there's like a, um, there's a, a few tours in Huntsville and there's one uh, ghost tour that they do every year around October. And um, one of the guys who is like one of the founders of it, um, he's a cop. So, you know, there's, (laughs) that's may kind of, I did a lot of
3: these ghosts.
0: Yeah. I did uh, a lot of these. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I killed a lot of them, but, uh, but no, so the, he, it, and as, as you know, Alabama was made a state in 1819. Huntsville was one of the earlier settlements and stuff and so this is all like pre-slavery and, and Huntsville there was like some Union you know occupation or in Huntsville and so, so some of these huge big fancy houses rich person houses right they were owned by you know Confederates during the war and some of them had it uh, ha- had this confiscated and he was telling these stories about the Uh, attempted confiscations or confiscations or or, um, you know, failed confiscations of property from the viewpoint of the wicked white slaveholders. Right. (laughs) Like like as if they were the protagonists in this story Uh, in one in particular. Uh, I, I remember him talking about how, oh, you know, they th- this guy came out of his house and, um, you know, the the Union soldiers were like, yeah, we gotta, you know, you have to sign a loyalty oath to the country, and he said i'm not gonna do it this is my property and y'all get out of here because he and then he so he stopped quoting this guy and then he's back in his voice because he had earned it right he was a doctor he had helped a lot of people he earned this property and this was his and he had just finished telling us about how this little house over here was the servants quarters and i don't know why i didn't you know the servants right and so i laughed i laughed when he said that he earned it um and he looked at me and he said well he did didn't he and i didn't i was with some of my wife's friends and so i was i was kind of like you i was like i'm not gonna get engaged with this stupid you know (laughs) segregationist confederate guy but yeah it's crazy so anyway that's a crazy. that people are people are insane and the things that they'll just say in public is wow
3: yeah i you know obviously i'm uh trying to get a nice tip at the end of the day so with with <laughs> americans i am so good at changing the subject anytime right. someone's just like you know you know tries to is trying to bait me into something i'm just like yep. oh well if you look over to your left that hotel actually opened in uh, 1928 and was a favorite of greta garbo or whatever i can just say something <laughs> but that's if it's americans Anytime I get, cause we have a, a lot of Australians uh, come mm. to LA because if you're refueling a plane from Australia, to, if you're going anywhere in America, you either stop in San Fran or Los Angeles. And so a lot of times just to kind of get over the layover and get accustomed to, uh, you know, get accustomed to the time change. Australians will just stay in LA for a couple of days and then go wherever they're going just to get acclimated. And so they want to see the whole shebang in one day. And that's that's when they would call me. So. Anytime I get somebody who's not from America, if they've got questions, I'm like, buddy, I will absolutely tell you, you know, whatever it is. So they'll just, you know, they're walking around, they're like, does everyone have a gun, you know, and I'll just get right into it. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, a lot of people, uh, that was the only thing their dad did with them. So it's actually more like a representation of their father than a weapon. Uh, you know. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah, no. Well, and obviously, you know, the big thing in LA i don't even say it's not even like the big thing in la it's just a, a fact of life of living there is seeing homeless encampments and so that obviously comes up a lot and if it's you know if it's americans i'm like yeah i don't know that's crazy give me 200 dollars, you know uh but right. if it's australians i'm just like yeah it's a bad country and uh it's a scam uh for <laughs> uh to make rich people money from the beginning so uh you know that kind of thing so i'll just get i'll get real uh i'll get real real radical with uh with my international guests because you a- as i'm sure your listeners know the most right-wing person for the most part you know fascist crypto nazis aside generally in mainstream politics the most right-wing person in the western world would be you know a, a centrist democrat here so uh you nice. know i always have to explain to people i'm like we don't have a left we have two parties uh, one of them is a right-wing party and the other is a death cult And that's, that's what we're dealing with. So, uh, and they're like, really? Yeah, pretty much. So that's
0: that's about right. I remember the, one of the most infuriating things that I can remember. So we do, you know, we do like a last week in Southern labor. And so we'll, we'll do like all of the, the union election stuff from the national labor relations board. And we'll also take a look in and, you know, any, any like political headlines and stuff, or, you know, from around the South and one. The And there's this, this one week where the final labor, the, the last remaining labor and delivery center in Shelby County closed. And that week, the week that this happened, the state representative for this area filed a bill in the legislature to define man and woman in state code. It's like... Oh. Uh, like you you your your constituents literally have to leave your county for to give birth like like yeah. uh, I I don't know it's a yeah it's a death cult in
3: the, Well look in the look if we don't uh you know if we don't sign this into law then uh, how will we know what a family is right. I mean can we can we deliver a family into the world no exactly. but we can at least define it That's right
0: that's right. Yep. Yeah, it's Looney Tunes.
3: <laughs> That's insane.
0: Well, um, so uh Rivers, have you got any um I don't I don't think that we're gonna have time to watch this uh this TikTok um about about Yizma or Yisma um from the Emperor's New Groove. Um, but, uh, but it's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> I wish we did have time for it, but I don't think we will. Uh, but it, were you able, you said that you would, you'd try to watch the Emperor's New Groove and then, and then the TikTok, were you able to do that? And do you have any, any thoughts about it? If so? Uh,
3: I, I honestly started watching it and then fell asleep, uh, last night after, cause I had a, I drove, I drove to Birmingham, did a podcast, drove back to Birmingham, did a show and I was like, I'm going to try to, cause I need I, this is for Jacob, and then I fell asleep. But I think once I started watching, I was like, I swear, I think I do in the back of my mind remember, you yeah. know, a media cart being rolled into a classroom. I think I have seen it, yeah. weirdly, uh, but I, 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 you know, all I remember is you know David David Spade and uh, Eartha Kitt, uh, uh, you know, fantastic uh, later a performance from her and uh, John Goodman, you know. So it's got a stacked cast, and yeah. uh, it seems fun. I know the. It's one of those i you know i think the the story behind it is that they totally ended up like changing what the movie was supposed to be and it ended up being uh better but didn't didn't really do so well at the box office but i think it's become kind of a Enduring classic uh, amongst Disney heads. But uh, yeah, I just, like I told you, I just aged out of it. I think that came out in like mm. 2001 or something. I had just turned like 14. So you couldn't get me anywhere near a Disney mm. movie when you're 14 years old. Like, no, man, I fucking watch, I watch Stone Cold Steve Austin throw people through tables, man. Oh, uh, uh,
0: yeah. That, right, right. So, exactly. Yeah. So wow, you were 14 yeah. in 2001.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
0: Geez, that's old.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's me. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: keep talking jacob yeah just keep throwing these insults out youngin
0: <laughs> uh well uh rivers if is there uh, I- anything else that you um that you want to uh tell us about before
3: we let you go uh so i have a podcast uh that comes out every week uh sometimes we uh we we did talk about i saw you were uh, uh gonna talk about Sean o'brien later we uh we definitely <laughs> Uh, weighed in on the fight between him and mark wayne mullen which uh mm-hmm. just shocking yeah. finding out that a man is named mark wayne yes that's it not two names name. that's one name yeah. yeah uh which apparently his mother was like i'm gonna pay tribute to one of your uncles but we'll see which and then she just never separated them uh so we cover stuff like that we also review energy drinks and we read insane okay. youtube comments uh so it we we try to run the spectrum you know we are uh uh, you know, we're, we're, we're an entertainment show, but we definitely, uh, we, we definitely, uh, do weigh in on things that your audience would be interested in, but it is a comedy show. So don't get mad at me if I sound stupid, uh, but yeah, the, the show is called the goods from the woods, uh, and it comes out every week. Our episode that comes out Tuesday, we've got a holiday episode with, uh, Keith Carey, uh, from the, uh, Mean Boys podcast. And he's, uh, one of the, uh, cast members of Roast Battle from Comedy Central legit one of the funniest dudes in the world and he brought uh his uh his lovely lady jordan on and then also uh, my friend uh, matt burceau from the uh, profiles and eccentricities podcast so we just mm. stacked this first Chris- this christmas episode and it's uh it's it's real uh, real fun um, but yeah, that comes out every week. Goods from the woods. Uh find me on Twitter and Instagram at rivers langley And uh if you guys are uh in Huntsville, come see me next Friday at Epic Comedy Hour. Or if you live in Birmingham, uh I'm gonna be at uh we, we've got a show that we do uh every year called Yellow Hammered. Uh it's me mm-hmm. and my friends Joe Joe Rains and Wes Van Horn. We uh, started the show in LA in 2014, and then uh, you know life comes along west moved back to birmingham and he's got a lovely family now so we now do it once a year uh at avondale and that show uh is uh 20 bucks and that gets you the show and all you can eat barbecue from rodney scott's uh, mm-hmm. whole hog barbecue in birmingham so it's a pretty good deal and we've got some of the funniest comedians from atlanta coming in for that thing too so uh you know lots of lots of fun stuff still going on but yeah fun that is on the twenty seventh at Avondale in Birmingham, and that's a Wednesday night. Uh, but uh, you know, get a get a get a whole supper out of it. So you know, okay. come hungry.
0: There you go. Yeah. Well, I am. <laughs> I'm unfortunately not going to be able to make it to the Huntsville one, but I may see about uh, skipping and hopping down to Birmingham for that because that sounds like fun.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Please. Yeah. Last year, because we we always we've been doing the show for a while, and uh, the catering last year was just, it was, uh you know, we had uh, pulled pork and chicken and beans and slaw and, you know, and that was it. And the crowd, I gotta be honest, like usually those crowds at those shows are good, but not like hot, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like everyone's mm-hmm. laughing, but it's kind of like, <laughs> last year we had no dairy and we had no carbs. It was all protein and the crowd was super hot <laughs> because uh-huh. no one had the itis. I, and I was like, and so I told Nick, I was like, no mac and cheese ever. Just barbecue and beans. Give these people straight protein.
0: <laughs> there no. And there, and yeah. there'll be alcohol there. That'll be, presumably be an additional cost to the twenty. But but there there will be beer there, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh,
3: it's a brewery. Yeah, there's yeah. unlimited beer there. Yeah.
0: Okay. Good. There you go. All right. We dare you to drink
3: all the beer in the brewery. <laughs> there you go.
0: All right. All right. Rivers Langley, the goods from the woods, uh, Alabama man. From, uh, from Los Angeles, uh, at Rivers Langley on Twitter. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. I appreciate it.
3: Thank you so much for having me. You guys rule. Keep doing what you're doing. Power to the people, and we'll uh, we'll see you soon.
0: All right. There you go. Roll Tide. <laughs>
3: oh. <Boo!
1: laughs> had to throw that in to the Auburn yeah, fan, right? That's
0: right. That's right. That's right. All right. So there we go. Rivers Langley. Check them out on... Uh, on all of the all the different places
1: yeah absolutely uh, always great to uh have comedian friends and uh love to see the co- comedy scene here in huntsville thriving that's great
0: yep one of these days one of these days we're gonna do up the the studio and uh rig it up swear so we can have a third host and the third host will be a comedian that's that's what i that's what i would like to do one day and then and then the the show won't be so so dull
1: okay sure yeah yeah whatever whatever floats your boat whatever floats your boat we'll we'll talk about it all right and we'll just see how it goes there you go
0: All right, folks, we're going to be right back. Uh, We're going to uh, come back, and we're going to talk about this lawsuit um, against Alabama's prisons. Uh, It's it's wild. It is
1: definitely wild. Yeah,
0: we've got uh, Boss Watch and uh, some education stories from Adam. So stay tuned, folks. We're going to be right back.
2: In Alabama, more than 200,000 of our friends and neighbors are living without health care coverage. Often folks can't stay healthy enough to keep their jobs. We need to fix this. Let's close the health care coverage gap. To learn more, visit CoverAlabama.org.
3: Dot O-R-G. Paid for by the American
2: Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO.
0: The Laborers International Union of North America Local 366 is proudly recruiting North Alabama workers to work construction and nuclear plant maintenance. If you're interested, please contact Donna at their training center to start the process. That phone number is 256 415 Again, that phone number is 256-415-7452. No experience is needed. Free training is offered, but you must be able to pass a background check and a drug test. Local hiring that grows our community with good-paying jobs that have benefits is their mission. Live better. Work union. Local 366. Feel the power.
3: Support for this program also comes from the Mid-South Council of Retail, Wholesale, and Department Store Union. Learn more at rwdsu.info.
2: I'm attorney Tommy Senyard. When you've been injured and need help, You need a lawyer who's with you. Senured Law. You need attorneys always available to take care of you. Senured Law. And keep you in the loop. It's your case. You need to know what's happening. Senured Law. And never a charge to meet with us to evaluate your case. Senured Law. A new firm, but an old name. One that will stay with you every step of the way. Senior Law, the name with proven results.
1: As labor union members, we face our share of challenges in the workplace. But today I wanna talk about a different kind of challenge, the climate crisis. We've all seen the fury of mother nature, the storms that can turn lives upside down in an instant. That's why Hometown Action is launching our climate protection project. We're heading out to 10 rural communities, listening to local folks, and taking action with them to protect communities impacted by climate disasters. And we need you, our union brothers and sisters, to join us. Together, we'll make a difference. Our strength on the job is undeniable, and now it's time to put that strength to work for the planet. Let's protect our communities, our families, and our future. Visit hometownaction.org today and sign up to volunteer for the Climate Protection Campus.
0: union talk radio show this is the valley labor report my name is jacob morrison uh, we are uh, just wrapped up a conversation with rivers langley uh, you can check out his work at the goods from the woods podcast wherever podcasts are sold he is also going to be in huntsville at low mill on december the 22nd at 8 p.m and at avondale brewing in birmingham on the 27th you may you may see me there maybe I'm going to see if I can go. But the thing is, is if I go to that, I'm going to want to drink, and I'm not going to want to drive all the way back to Huntsville. Well, of from course Hunsville. not. So. And so then, where am Just I going to stay? Get a room. That's expensive. Yeah. So I don't know. Get a room. DD. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, 844-899-8857 is the phone number if you want to send us a text. Line is not open, but we are still accepting text messages. 844 899 T-V-L-R. So, last week, um, there was a class action lawsuit filed against Alabama's prison system. Uh, the, um, the plaintiffs are uh, 10 former and current incarcerated, employee, uh, incarcerated people, um, labor unions, and uh some criminal justice nonprofits and the complaint more or less alleges that despite the fact that Alabama outlawed forced uh servitude f- it for punishment despite that um that is still the case in Alabama's prisons. If you do not participate in their work release programs, uh, then you are punished uh, with uh, physical and uh, sometimes sexual abuse. Uh, you're put in solitary confinement. And then even when you do work, you are abused at work because your employment is obviously more precarious and your freedom is obviously more uh, precarious than what the lawsuit calls uh, "quote-unquote" free civilian employees. Um, you also make very little money. You make less than uh, the "quote-unquote" free civilian employees. And then, on top of making less than that, a lot of these people are—they're only being paid by the company seven twenty-five an hour. On top of that, the prisons take forty percent of that. Plus. Transportation and some other things. And so, um, workers uh, make as little as $2 an hour. And um, they are, and not only are they punished when they are just like, I just don't want to work, like just generally, um, but when they, even when they get sick, there are reports of being, uh, of them having being been punished for not working uh, right. when they were sick, right? And like, not, you know, I don't know about you, but I am, I'm not, you know, work release programs in prisons, um, there's a place for them, I think, uh, particularly in rehabilitation of an inmate and uh, stuff like that, but... Sure, if it's done the right way. If it's done the right way. And the right way has to be they cannot be paid less than the uh, you know civilian employees, and and frankly, you know I think they should probably the company should probably pay more. They should they should have to pay more than than they pay civilian employees because of the you know. I don't know. It just seems the 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 ability for exploitation there as an employer is so much higher. And so you know when you're when you're doing this taking taking prisoners from a work release program, it really should be you know you're kind of trying to fill gaps, right? Um, and so there there should be kind of a premium on that. It, it seems to me I could I could. Uh, it's not a position that I hold very strongly, but but that seems kind of like it would make sense, um, and. Uh, but, but that's not the way that it's being done here. And so, no, this
1: is modern-day convict yeah. leasing.
0: According to the class action complaint, and this is coming from the Washington Post, uh, some 575 employers have leased incarcerated labor through this system since 2018, which plaintiffs say is enough to generate more than $450 million annually for the state. The private companies named as defendants include food and beverage distributors, manufacturers fast food franchisees and a laundry cleaning service prisoners working at fast food restaurants work run-of-the-mill jobs such as fry cooks or others while those in manufacturing sometimes carry out skilled duties such as metal fabrication welding and precision die casting Um, and not only are and this is this was kind of the the even crazier part to me, not only are private employers taking advantage of this, but so are uh, municipalities and government agencies. The city of Montgomery, named as a dependent, procured at least 343 incarcerated laborers to work in various capacities over just the first eight months of 2023. The city of Montgomery, remember, is led by Mayor Stephen Reed, who was just yesterday talking about how it is, quote, disappointing that we can't fix most major problems in Alabama, especially around criminal justice reform, without going to federal court. And it's like the gall to publicly pontificate about, the abuses of our criminal justice system while taking part in it is uh just insane it's wild to me i don't understand how how you would get away with that so the complaint says quote this case seeks to abolish a modern day form of slavery they have been entrapped in a system of quote convict leasing in which incarcerated people are forced to work often for little or no money for the benefits of the numerous for the benefit of the numerous government entities and private businesses that quote employ them they live in a constant danger of being murdered stabbed or raped that is so profound that the federal government has sued Alabama for inflicting cruel and unusual punishment and if they refuse to work the state punishes them even more they are trapped in a labor trafficking scheme. One of the stories in the lo- in the lawsuit comes from uh, LaCuria Walker, who was incarcerated from 2007 to 2023, and her parole hearing was scheduled from 2020 to 2023, and Alabama Gen- Attorney General Steve Marshall opposed her application even though her victims, and she was in- incarcerated for, like, battery or something, right? Not murder or, or rape or anything like that. Her victims supported her release, but Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall opposed her application. Walker had to perform long hours of work inside the prison that included stripping floors and caring for sick and disabled inmates. She also did road work for Jefferson County, where she endured sexual harassment and worked at Southeastern Meats. She often spent time inside the freezers with inadequate clothing. On one occasion, Miss Walker was so ill that she had to be carried to the health care unit. It could not work. She, wa- she was approached by an ADOC job placement officer who told her she had to, quote, get up and go make us our 40 percent. There is no reasonable argument that Miss Walker posed a threat to public safety for more than a decade before she was released, giving her history of performing work both inside and outside prison walls without incident. I mean, just really, uh, really, really gross stuff. There's one inmate, uh, Michael Campbell from uh, the Childersburg Work Release Center, said he hopes to work five to six days at a local KFC, uh, and inmates are beginning to lose hope that they'll ever qualify for paroles and one inmate said they deny us role, uh, parole to keep us doing the jobs the mentality is why would the slave master let the slave go when he can continue working him for free in addition to that you know so you've got so so there's there's multiple angles to this there's for one just the inhumane treatment of the prisoners um and the fact that you know there's forced labor going on and that's illegal and un and uh Illegal under Alabama's constitution. Not illegal under the federal constitution, but illegal under Alabama's constitution. And then in those forced labor conditions, there are there's abuse of the prisoners and, and all of that. But then there's also the fact that the when these workers are being exploited and utilized like this by private employers and government entities, That undermines efforts to organize workers in the fast food and poultry industries, right? And that makes sense. And so the unions are, uh, that's one of the reasons why the unions are are joining this lawsuit, uh, saying that this, quote, depresses wages and working conditions. The Woods Foundation, another nonprofit, argues that it has had to devote additional money and staff to address the, quote, unfair and unlawful functioning of the parole system. And so this is a very, you know, the. This is you know a very similar argument to um, the one about undocumented immigration that people on the right will make right People on the right will come out and they'll say undocumented immigrants are uh, bad for the local labor market because uh, you know they will work for less money and then their conclusion is not to, You know strengthen unions and strengthen government protections and raise the floor so that even if they're willing to work for less money uh that they're not able to work for less money and everybody has you know the the you know set this floor for employers or uh and they're um answer to that is not to grant undocumented immigrants, you know, legal status so that they can organize without fear of retribution or deportation or anything like that, which are all answers to the question of, you know, undocumented immigrants' ill effects on the local labor market, which is even, you know, kind of, uh, uh, (laughs) that's even granting the degree to which the argument is true. Um, there are, you know, conflicting data on that, but but I think intuitively, at least, it makes sense. Uh, but those are answers to it. But the, the answer that the right will say is no, get them out of here. But you know that that is totally, it, you know, it, it's just a fig leaf for, you know, xenophobic bigotry, because the right is supporting uh, this convict leasing system. Right if they were if they were genuinely concerned with we want to restrict the labor market to help workers have better negotiating power individually because they don't like unions but individually as they're applying for jobs then they would also oppose a convict leasing scheme where prisoners Are exploited by private employers outside prison walls who are paid less than civilian employees who have to endure worse working conditions and who have to do it at penalty of further punishment inside of Alabama's unconstitutionally cruel prison system right you can obviously understand how if a free worker is put up against one of these prison workers they're going to be undermined by that. They're going to be undermined and undercut by the conditions that the prison worker is forced to work in. Right? And that is the system that conservative Republicans and frankly, probably a lot of the Democrats support. So when they talk about this stuff about, you know, I oppose undocumented immigration because I support local workers, just remember that and then ask them about that. And then when they say no, I you know I support the the system that that allows private employers to exploit prisoners. Know that it's not you know, I just think that the best way to help local workers is to deport all of these other workers. It's not like a it, it's not just a simple single-minded focus on helping local workers. It's just it's just bigotry, frankly, right? And that's and that's one of the ways that you know that. So here's some examples from the lawsuit. A prisoner working for a private laundry service might be paid $7.25 an hour, but after factoring in the 40% pay to the state prison system, state and federal payroll taxes, and laundry and transportation costs, the prisoner collects just $2.06 an hour. Really, really gross. Gross stuff. When working for, and then it gets even worse when working for uh, for state and local entities because there, incarcerated people are typically paid two dollars, not an hour a day. The same daily rate that the state of Alabama set for incarcerated labor in 1927.
1: Wow, which yeah. by the way is around the time that, it's my understanding, the UMWA helped lead an end to convict leasing in Alabama. Yep. Or at least we thought, right? Right. Um, because convict leasing was such a huge problem after the Civil War, uh, particularly here in the South, and the UMWA in Alabama actually helped lead the way in fighting back against that. Uh, so that, you know, just some, some good union history there. Uh, but it's, it's wild that here we are in 2023, almost 2024, encountering this. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and uh, I did want to point out um, in the Alabama political reporter, a uh, friend of the show, Patrick Darrington, had a good article about it as well. And he quoted uh, Fred Redman, secretary, treasurer of the AFL-CIO and chair of the AFL-CIO Racial Justice Task Force. He also spoke during the press conference um, and he spoke about how important the suit was specifically to prevent forced labor. Um And he said, quote, this lawsuit is a strong first step toward eliminating forced labor in the Alabama prison system and righting the wrongs from this egregious labor exploitation. Fighting to abolish forced labor is a priority of the AFL-CIO and the American labor movement, and we won't rest until this corrupt, immoral scheme ends for good. And um, if there's any hope amid this cruelty, it's that there is this broad coalition pushing this litigation. I know that there have been a lot of organizations doing good research on this. Um, I know that you know to see different unions such as RWDSU, uh, to see the AFL-CIO, to see these others involved. I believe SEIU, as Union well, of Southern
0: Service Workers, Union
1: of Southern Service Workers, uh, to see these unions joining with criminal justice nonprofits uh, and and joining with lawyers. Uh, to try to push this forward, to try to get justice, I think that is promising, uh, and it's something that our labor movement has to deal with. We have to address this, right? I mean the, the modern-day convict leasing, it's so unacceptable. And then you factor in the fact that Alabama has one of the highest incarceration rates in the country, which has the highest incarceration rate on the planet, We lock up more people inside the borders of Alabama than almost anywhere else on earth. And then when you find out what's happening here, it makes more sense. And you you start to see, okay, well, obviously there's vested interest in maintaining this huge population of warehoused human beings living in deplorable conditions and now being forced to work for the profit of others. And I know, like, fast food chains have gotten a lot of the publicity and some of the coverage, but it's not just them, right? A beverage distributor, uh, local governments, like you said, auto parts supply chain Mm. to include Hyundai's auto parts supply chain. All right. The same supply chain that was caught using children, migrant children. The same Hyundai that was sued for racism not too long ago. Same Hyundai that is right now committing ULPs, unfair labor practices, in their Montgomery area plant against the UAW in their organizing drive. Right? So, you know, that's also one of my takeaways is holy crap, Hyundai is just really trying to be the most nefarious mm-hmm. corporation in Alabama. And there's a lot of tough competition for that. Right. Tough, tough competition to be the most nefarious company in the state of Alabama. But Hyundai, they're really trying to get the dishonor.
0: Yeah, And uh, they are... Uh, Huntsville's Democratic Representative Anthony Daniels is carrying water for them as he has bill signings at Hyundai for his bills that, that have passed. Insane. Uh, so... With that let's uh, let's hit boss watch. Boss watch is a segment that we do. It's kind of the mirror image of last week in Southern Labor where we talk about what uh, bosses were up to, uh, violating workers rights, breaking the law, killing people, all that kind of stuff uh, in the south and the colonies. And uh, we had three recent stories, one update and then and then two other recent stories and then, um next week uh we are going to in the i'm going to pre-tape the final episode of or or the final installment of boss watch uh for this year and it'll be kind of a year in review what are some of the low lights for uh particularly the state of alabama i don't know if we'll include any of the other any other um stories from the south or not but uh, particularly looking at alabama because there's plenty there Uh, so (laughs) um so that's what we're going to do for the final episode uh the final installment of boss watch next week but this week Over in the state of Georgia, the U.S. Chemical Safety and Hazard Investigation Board completed their investigation into the 2021 deaths of six Gainesville poultry plant workers by liquid nitrogen, saying the deaths were, quote, completely preventable. Friend of the show, Luis Feliz Leon, wrote about this when it happened for the American prospect. We also had him on the show to talk about it. If you Google or search on YouTube for uh, the Valley Labor Report, Luis Leon, Gainesville, you should be able to find it. According to a summary of the report by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the CSB's findings released earlier this week confirmed that a bent tube and an immersion freezer was the cause of the chemical leak. The compromised tube, likely bent during maintenance, foiled the machine's control system. This allowed the freezer to fill with an unsafe level of liquid nitrogen, which overflowed and quickly vaporized into a 4-5-foot-high to, five foot, uh, four to five foot high deadly cloud. The six, the six victims died by asphyxiation. Three other employees and a first responder were also seriously injured. The severity of the incident was exacerbated by a Foundation Food Group's inadequate preparedness and safety training, which, according to the CSB, reported report resulted in at least 14 employees entering the freezer room or the surrounding area to investigate what had happened or attempt to rescue their colleagues. Investigators also cited the company's failure to install air monitoring and alarm devices, which could have warned workers about the dangerous vapor cloud and prevented them from entering the freezer room. The position uh, responsible for safety management, additionally, had been vacant for a year, and the workers had no PPE. Debbie Berkowitz, a former chair of the Occupational Safety and Health Administration and a current fellow at Georgetown University's Kalmanowitz Initiative for Labor and the Working Poor, told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution... These are stunning failures and really just another example of how the poultry industry treats the most vulnerable workers in the state of Georgia as expendable. The company didn't even label the equipment filled with liquid nitrogen that this was hazardous, even though one of the oldest standards by OSHA has required this since the early 1980s. She went on to say these are stunning failures and really just another example of how the poultry industry treats the most vulnerable workers in the state of Georgia. Unlike OSHA, the CSB does not impose fines or penalties. Instead, it specifically investigates workplace chemical accidents and issues recommendations on how to prevent them. So very, very gross stuff from the poultry industry. Over in Tennessee, 86-year-old Verna Mae Jackson was killed on the job at a FedEx World Hub in Memphis last week. 86 years old, working at FedEx. Um, That in and of itself is really... Unacceptable. Just a really uh, failure in our society that we have 86-year-olds having to work. The family's lawyer says that this was a completely preventable death. According to Rosenblum, uh, Rosenblum a driver pulling, out, uh, pulling a load of mail did not honk adequately enough to signal as they were driving off just as Jackson attempted to grab an envelope that was sticking out of a container. There's technology that would allow the vehicle to make that sound, to warn, to alert that the vehicle is about to move before it moves an inch. And, if, and we believe if those precautions had been taken, if that equipment had been purchased, or maybe it was there and not maintained appropriately, she wouldn't be dead. Very sad situation. Um, that, that's how the that, uh, sister died at 86 years old. Finally, in Texas, a federal investigation into the fatal roof collapse at <clears throat> Friendswood High School in June 2023, in which four workers suffered injuries, including one who later died, found two Houston area contractors exposed employees to safety hazards by ignoring federal requirements to complete an engineering survey before demolition began. The U.S. Department of Labor's Occupational Safety and Health Administration determined that supervisors of ICI Construction Incorporated and Emanuel Enterprises, LLC, failed to complete the survey and allowed demolition to to continue even after hazards became apparent to them. In fact, they directed employees to continue to work under the structure that later collapsed on them. Ignoring federal standards and the company's own policies prevented them from identifying a load-bearing wall that was shown on on construction drawings, said OSHA Director Mark Briggs in Houston. This willful disregard for worker safety was a tragic mistake that cost a worker his life. OSHA issued citations to ICI Construction, the general contractor, and Emanuel Enterprises, the project's demolition contractor, for willfully ignoring federal requirements to complete an engineering survey. In addition, the agency cited Emanuel Enterprises for three serious safety violations for its failure uh, for its failures to protect workers from silica exposure and use respir- respirators properly. OSHA assessed a total of $315,000 in proposed penalties, including $175,000 for Emanuel Enterprises and $140 thousand for ici construction incorporated both set by federal statute and the companies have 15 business days from receipt of the citations and penalties to comply request an informal conference with osha's area director or contest the findings before the independent occupational safety and health review commission so uh it's getting close to the holidays schools are wrapping up for the semester families are planning get-togethers and adam uh That You told me that that got you thinking, right?
1: Yeah. Alabama politicians say they love families. Here's four ways they could actually prove it. Name a politician in Alabama and chances are they talk talk about family values. And while educators are frequently political punching bags, you'd be hard-pressed to find a politician who doesn't at least proclaim to love students. If Alabama's representatives wanted to demonstrate this support... We could start with pro-family investments in our public schools. Number one, educators know that children who are hungry have a tougher time in class. We have to meet people's basic needs first. We should implement universal school meals as other districts and states across the country have already done. Educators also know how important early childhood is for academic development. So number two, We need to finally have enough first-class pre-K classrooms for every four-year-old in Alabama. The program has been successful, but way too many families are left out. Only 45% in Alabama had access to the program during the 2022-23 school year due to the level of state funding for the program, according to the Alabama School Readiness Alliance. Let's do better, y'all. It's a big relief for families, while it better prepares our little ones for school. Number three, we need more child care support, and we can start in our public schools by providing high-quality child care to all education employees. Child care is difficult and expensive for any worker to obtain. As our public schools struggle to recruit and retain educators, this would be a vital benefit for a workforce disproportionately staffed by mothers. Whether by working with existing community providers, developing their own programs, or both, school districts could lead the way in supporting the families of their employees. And number four, all workers could gain from paid parental leave, which is a standard across the world. And if any employer should recognize the benefits of parental leave, it should be our public schools. How is it that it is almost 2024 in the richest country in the history of the world and our school teachers don't even have paid maternity leave in Alabama? Bonding with a new child is critical to child development. And after all, aren't we all for the children here in Alabama? Our public schools are critical to the success of every community in the state teachers' working conditions or our students' learning conditions. Let's help both. By uplifting students, educators and families, Alabama could turn rhetorical support into material support.
0: And now besides those, you know, investments in public schools, there uh, there's also been um, report cards about schools released in the last few weeks uh, and and I'm actually interested in um, you know some of your thoughts around that, and I, I was actually shocked by some of the results that I saw uh, on the report cards. I don't know how how, how much you've you've dug into them, but um, but uh, but yeah, uh, uh, you know wh- what are what are some of your thoughts around these these new report cards?
1: Yeah, so that's that's a big news item for schools right now. They came out across the state, you know, and what I think about it is that. Poverty is such a huge determination of scholastic achievements. Schools are a reflection of the communities around them. Folks who are safe, stable, and comfortable tend to do better with school. And communities that can invest more in their schools get better results. Mm. As it takes money to provide lower class sizes. And it takes money to provide more extracurriculars, for example. So I feel like the state report card has some information worth looking at but that it mostly distracts from the real conversation we need to have about expecting schools to fix all social ills while not providing nearly enough resources to do so we expect our schools to solve every problem but don't equip our schools to even begin addressing some of these problems and you know i want to be clear that there are schools out there doing some great work despite socioeconomic obstacles And that's worth highlighting. It's worth learning from, of course, but you can't rank at or near the bottom of every quality of life metric as a state and not expect that to impact our schools. From poverty to mass incarceration, wages, working conditions, everyday people in this state face some of the worst conditions in the entire developed world. If we were serious about improving education in alabama it would take robust and equitable additional resources and it would be tied to a broader program of social improvement so that families can actually thrive in alabama but that's my two cents
0: yeah yeah that you know the um there really is i think i Education is important, but but I do think there, there's kind of a disproportionate um, conversation the, the conversation around education is disproportionate because like you said, we do expect education to fix everything and the you know the the results are by and large that, that you just you can't do that actually uh, you can't fix everything wrong in a, in a community through the school system um, you have to start with other things and then you know in large part the success of the school system is a symptom of the success of the community not so much the other way around
1: right i mean it's not a surprise that the wealthiest communities in alabama such as mountain brook and vestavia they scored really really well on the state report yeah. card It's also not a surprise that the schools that are struggling on the state report card are full of poor kids, right? I mean, and so we expect schools to fix poverty and even well-meaning, you know, liberal politicians often traffic in this rhetoric just as much as others. Um, And and sometimes even educators buy into some of this rhetoric. But the schools cannot fix everything, and they certainly aren't equipped to. Now, schools can make a big impact, but that requires investment. An equitable investment, and in recognizing that you know schools in Mountain Brook and Vestavia, they're going to have an easier time educating their children. Right. Those children are going to be okay, um, but some children in other areas they need extra help. You need smaller class sizes. You need social workers. You need after-school care. Um, you need a lot more investment to really make a dent in the in those barriers that the kids are facing. Uh, So, yeah, I think a lot of times people just point to the schools, expect it to be a solution, uh, but without providing the resources to even begin to address it. And that's, again, assuming that the schools can do some of this. And some of it uh, is going to require broader social programs and broader social policy, uh, because when the parents are struggling when the parents are unemployed or underemployed, when the parents don't have health care, when the parents are struggling with drug addiction, when the parents are incarcerated, right? How does that impact the students? So, you know, right. that's, that's just my thoughts about it. I, I, I get that there's some, you know, good data you can get from the state report cards that's interesting, uh, that may be helpful for some folks, but, you know, the failing schools list, the state report cards, these things are cooked up by politicians. Who have agendas. um, And, you know, I I think we put way too much emphasis on standardized testing, which is mostly just a reflection of socioeconomic demographics uh, and not necessarily what's really happening in the schools. Um, So there's a lot more that could be done. Um, Politicians love to talk about family values, Mm. but there's so much more room to grow when it comes to supporting our families uh, through our public school system. Right.
0: Yep. Yep, that's right. Um, So as we're wrapping up here on the radio, I want to make sure before we leave the radio audience to let you know about our uh, friends over at the Working People podcast. They are doing a 12-hour fundraising live stream for – the families of East Palestine, Ohio, who are uh, really still struggling a lot. Uh, a lot of them are having continued uh, health effects from the uh, train derailment and are uh, you know have lost jobs, have lost their houses, their house prices. Uh, the value of their homes have drastically decreased, and so it's made it difficult for them to move, right, if that's something that they were interested in doing. Uh, so they have just really been having a tough time. So our friends at Working People are uh, doing a fundraiser for them. You can find that on the Working People YouTube channel. Working People, uh, the YouTube channel there. And a local church is taking donations for them. Uh, it is um, They don't have a super quick URL set up, but um, if you go to the Working People's live stream on YouTube, you can find it in the description. So, uh, So, yeah, definitely check that out after the show's over and donate to them if you have the funds additionally uh labor notes does not have any events coming up soon but uh in april is when they are having their labor notes uh conference the 2024 biannual labor notes conference adam and i are going to be there and Um, if you want
1: to help with a local happy hour here in the huntsville area to help us raise funds to send activists to
0: labor notes hit us up tvlr.fm contact um registration is $185 but you get 45 bucks off if you register by March the 1st so that's only $140 and there are some scholarships available for low income workers uh or for unemployed striking or young workers and if you are uh, so if you're in one of those positions you can um apply for a scholarship if you're in the opposite position where you are uh you know relatively well off then you can also be one of the people providing a scholarship for one of these uh less um you know less well off workers and you can uh reach out to labor notes for that as well labornotes.org/events go to the conference i'm going to be there it's going to be great um, going to be a a good time. Adam, was there anything else you wanted to make sure we plugged before we, we ran out?
1: Uh, just that we have had a lot of Alabama representation on America's Workforce Radio mm. lately. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jacob yeah. was on to talk about the Valley Labor Report and the North Alabama Labor Council. Uh, our friend Max Alvarez, you just described uh, the live stream. He, he was on uh, this week to talk about that. And then my colleague with Alabama Rise, Dev Wakeley, was on to talk about his new report, The State of Working Alabama, 2023, uh, deep dive on the non-union auto industry here in Alabama. So some good, uh, good outreach on America's Workforce Radio. Highly recommend you check that out. Um, and next month, I will be doing a couple meetings with the rise. If you're in the area and you're interested in working with me, holler
0: at me. All right, that's gonna be it for us, folks. We're gonna head into overtime. We're gonna talk about contract enforcement at UPS and Tesla's conflict in Sweden. Sweet side.